Hello, and welcome to another horrific review. I'm joined once again by Dale as we continue our journey along the filmography of Sir Peter Jackson. Tonight we're looking at The Lovely Bones. Released in 2009, this film centres on a young girl who has been murdered and watches over her family. This movie was made on a... Whoa, what did I just do there? Sorry, I just made the writing like really huge and that just threw me. <laughs> That's really productive. <laughs> so the movie was made on a budget of 65 million and brought in 93.6 million at the box office. I nearly got through an intro all at once without something happening. And it, it just something happened with a mouse wheeler. <laughs> I just went, whoa. <laughs> Here we go. That's a good start. The, the poltergeist have got involved. Oh, yes, as well as the ghost of the movie. Hi, Chris. How are you, man? Good to see you. Ah, always a pleasure. Uh, this is fun. We're we're getting near the, the end of this little journey. I know. Um, it's going to be interesting. The next three movies are going to be interesting to talk about. <laughs> um, Yeah, so this is another success. Not as big a success. I think it... You know, in terms of when you not just the budget of the movie, but you have to add like a third, I think, for marketing costs. So I think the movie made a small profit, broke even, you know, at the box office. What Dale's audio wasn't done? Your audio isn't done. But I can hear you. Uh, we had a few, uh, that's why we started later with a few technical hiccups. And I can hear you and can't hear her on the stream yet. Oh my God, right, hang on. Bear with me one second. Try again. Can you hear me now? Hello. Testing, testing, one, two, one, two. Testing, one, two, three, one, two, three. You can hear me though, hey? I can, yes. But the audience kind of needs... Oh, right, there we go, we're back. I... Uh, we're back. We, we, we had a weird thing happening with... Um, Skype. <laughs> Skype, doing Skype things. Yeah, it's mental. Oh, my God, and now you've disappeared. Oh, there you are. It's all right. Good. I can see you. I can hear you. The audience can hear okay. you. Great. Um. Well. Okay. Well. At least we got the intro. So. Um. Yeah. So this this just me. You know, it broke even. Made a small profit. Not fantastic, but it wasn't a loss. No. No, it wasn't. I don't think it was overly. I think it was one of the movies that wasn't overly marketed. Like it wasn't yeah. like King Kong type marketing. If that makes sense. No. It's like um. I was getting like a Heavenly Creatures vibe from this one. I think it was along those sort of veins. Oh, God, absolutely. Um, the overlapping of the uh, narration, you know, how um, Susie was narrating it and um, what's-her-name in the other film. 
Oh. She did the same thing. Yeah, mm. that you know that um, oh, what do you call it? The voiceover sort of narration. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that and the um, world building aid eh, of the heaven. Um, definitely had those vibes of the heavenly creatures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A bit of that and um. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, uh, more towards a true crime sort of genre, eh? It was, um, well, the really... book was, um, this isn't based on a true story or anything, obviously, but, no. you know, but it was based on the personal experience of the author, not a nice experience that she put into the book, and then played with this idea, sort of cathartic release, so uh, that's where that kind of comes from, and it was her exploring it, so that makes sense. I, I remember, I read the book years ago. Actually, I read the book before I saw the movie. Oh, yep. Yeah. No, I was the other way around. Yeah, I watched the movie first. Mm. No, it's in the... I think, what, it, I think, sorry, go ahead. The adaptation was really well done, I think, from the book. Not that we're, we're looking into that, but I think the adaptation from the book to the movie um, transitioned really well. I, th- I think that... The, it, I think Peter Jackson got, and, and the writers, um, got most of it pretty much in there, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, well, it's only, a, it's only a short, you know, I mean, it's only a small book, it's not um, like tomes yeah. and tomes, so mm. it's easy one to translate. Um, it's been years since I read the book, but what happened was obviously the movie was coming out, and then the bookstore did like a re release of the paperback, yes, they did. So they I picked did. up, yep. I scooped it up, you know, and uh, was able yep. to, you know, I think I was reading it there too, it wasn't that long. Read it. Yeah, no, 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 and and I think you're right. I think the distribution wasn't done that well because, um, I remember it was just kind of a like we heard a rumor that he was making a movie, um, and then all of a sudden it came out. So I don't know if it was in all the cinemas or what, but I think this one had kind of like a, I guess. It had a different, obviously, a different flavour than most of the other movies um, Peter Jackson's done. But um, where was I going with this? It's it is different, but I I think not everybody would have been all for it, if you know what I mean. Um, I think the only reason I watched it was because Sir Peter Jackson did it. So, you know, if you're not a Sir Peter Jackson fan, you probably wouldn't have wanted to watch it. So I'm not too sure how that, yeah. yeah I, I think mean, I was on the same vein, um, to be honest. Mm. Because he's making it, I'm like, oh, right, got to check this out. Because yeah. um, at that point, you know, I mean, well respected him as a filmmaker, knew what his score, obviously not yeah. looked as, as in depth as we have now. You know, I mean, this is, uh, this is just giving me a whole new appreciation for his work. Oh, yeah. But uh, he's a good storyteller. No, I mean, you can't you can't deny the fact that he can take material and put it onto the screen. He can tell a story, and especially with today, that's such a lost art. Oh, and this is an art history. It's frightening that the fact that an art is being lost. We're watching it disappear. Yeah, it sucks. It really does. It's sad. It's sad. You know, he could have gone so much further, you know, and um, I think he's just, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe he's sick of working with all these big, huge production companies and, you know. Uh, That's actually, when we get to the end of the series, because uh, I don't think we're, we're not going to cover the documentaries because it wouldn't really fit, be like a 
square peg. But the fact that he's stopped making movies and made four documentaries kind of shows where his head's at. Yeah, and the it does. The fact that he's put his efforts into mentoring and like I, I don't know what the name, but he's created a couple of foundations for basically creating the next generation of uh uh film directors. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they're all in waiting until this stupid nonsense in Hollywood goes, and then New Zealand's going to be like the next Hollywood. Yeah, that could be his master yeah. plan. Yeah, right. That's he's right. he's created his own Urukai. You know, I mean, he's got a he's under Weta <laughs> Studios, like a big cave, and he's birthed them all as we speak. <laughs> Unleash onto the world. Yes, the new Hollywood. It's... We're called Wellywood now. <laughs> and we've got a big Wellywood sign up on the blooming hill when you um, fly in from the airport. <laughs> it's hilarious. Wellywood. Well, it's good to have. A, <laughs> it's good to have a laugh though. That's the thing. That's what's missing now from that yeah, sense of enjoyment and camaraderie and actually wanting to create something is out the window. It's all snarky and nasty, and you just feel it. Uh, yeah. You can't get. You know, what I mean, you can't get away. The only people that. Like get behind something because they want to stick it to the others. You know that's the whole mindset now, and people don't like it because they want to stick it to the others, and it's just boring. Yeah, yep, yep. The competition's terrible. Yeah, that is no. Uh, they, no they're all like really it. bad, so I don't know what the competition is. <laughs> no, but it's not even about they're they're important other stuff and making about other stuff apart from the actual movies now, and that's the sad thing because they're having to do that means we're getting crap movies. Yeah, but this is um, like this is back to because we don't see us anymore. The mid range budget movie, not the not everything's a blockbuster. This is the mid range, you know, 65 million, not a cheap movie, but still, it's not blockbuster. Yeah, you're right. Thing. And we used to get that all the time. We used to get your big blockbuster summer. I mean, summer was all the big, big movies, and then the rest of the year was like mid to low budget, yep. and you had a mix. Now it's gone, and yes. I know. I, I actually forgot Mark Wahlberg was in his in this. This is kind of he's kind of the the biggest name in this. He is, yep. And uh, what's her name? She, uh, oh, Saoirse. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saoirse yeah, yeah. Ronan. Oh, um, yep, her and Susan Sheridan. Yeah, big names. Rachel mm-hmm. White's big names. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's uh, you. You actually kind of forget that for a bit because once again the characters come forward. Yeah. Oh God, do they what? Yeah. But absolutely. The, the start of you get the whole layup, the family dynamic, and you get that all set up. And I think that was really important. It was. We got to see uh the life that Susie had before she was taken. Um, you know, the the grandmother, she's an awesome character in the movie. She's just it just adds something light and it it, it really takes you back to the seventies, doesn't it? Her mm. um her character and oh, it's just such a lovely dynamic, you know, the home life and then, you know, she had friends and oh god, the love try you know, the the love that she had for her crush. Ray and um just that nervous basically that nervousness of being a, a young teenager about oh. not quite ready to hit adulthood but you know on that journey just discovering all these things and the way that Peter Jackson just draws those close-up shots you know of um her you, you know her like her crushed 
it's it's all on her mind it's her focus isn't it it's like the close-up zoom-ins of her like oh you know oh I'm in love sort of thing it's so sweet but then you know you see it dismantled and it's really gutting eh? it really hits you mm-hmm. sad yeah yep. but I think the family dynamics were done really well really thought out loved it mm. the only thing I'd say is this film's definitely a product of the era the setting yep. of it, the seventies. Um, I don't. I don't think if they remade it, you know, some of it will probably have that idea. But if they remade it, made a twenty first century, it just wouldn't work the same. No, not no, no, not to the degree it did. No, I don't think so. I mean, well, look, technology's changed mm-hmm. for one thing. She would have had a cell phone on her, and they would have been able to ping cell phone towers and locate, you know, locate her and all that sort of thing. Um that that wouldn't work nowadays you know i mean people do get kidnapped and they they do have phones on them and they still don't get found but it would have changed it it just would have changed it yeah and dna evidence but even up just the culture yeah the fact that exactly you know uh you have uh what's his name jack going around the streets with a photograph and you know that wouldn't happen today no. And it just, that whole, you wouldn't get that. It just well, have a different one thing flavor. There, there would have been an Amber Alert, which mm-hmm. they didn't have back in the 70s. They would have had all the police knocking on the doors. Um, nowadays. Yay. Uh, eh? Oh, just Oliver popped in, just saying hello. Oh, Oliver. <laughs> Hi. Um, no, it just would it just wouldn't work. Uh, it's Times have changed. You know, um, those were the days you know, where it was safe for your children to come home at, when the street lights came on. You know, that was the norm. You were out hanging out on your bike, you know, running in the park, whatever, uh, walking home by yourself after school. Um, that's just unheard of nowadays, you know. Um, I mean, there are some people that still do it. But I, I had to catch myself, actually, because I was just – not that I'm uh, – I didn't want to victim blame – because it's sort of, I get the sense that, you know, oh, if only, you know, your parents were more vigilant. If only, you know, you weren't fucking having to cross a cornfield to get home. You know, I mean, those are those that makes you really think. This movies are for deep thinkers. Yeah. It's, it's not for surface people. It's not superficial Hollywood shit. This but is it's a, a product thinking. of its time. That's what that's the point yeah. you're making. It's You could do that. Yes. They're in a, they're not in the middle of an inner city. No. That's right. Everybody knows everybody. Yes. You know, all your neighbours, you can leave your house unlocked. You can go to the shop and leave your children at home and come back and they'll be safe. Didn't happen, you know. And nowadays it's even a hundred thousand times well, worse. Kids can't even walk to school without being no. in danger. It's just mental now. Um, mm. but that's what I mean. That's why I said it's a product of his time. This would not work outside of that so no. it's good that even um even 2009 when this came out times have changed so even said that then yes. wouldn't have worked no like no. if you look at the difference between 2009 and now like that's only 12 13 years it's like completely we've, different we've world progressively gone the shit it's yeah it has it has it's diabolical world out there mm-hmm. and and this movie just was testament to that isn't it really 
I mean, the 70s, there were lots of serial killers running around. I mean, this is based in America and completely just about all filmed in New Zealand. Um, But, you know, America had a lot of serial killers around in that time frame. So who's to say? Um, Chris has a question here. Um, Have you guys noticed a particular camera move that PJ uses? Like Lucas known for wipes or between frames or Tarantino's low angle trunk shot. There's you want to go first, I've I have an idea. He segues into things with his camera. I mean, oh my god, he's just a freaking master. What about I mean okay, the scene I love the most, which was really terrifying scene, but when she's running around his house in the spirit world and she's meeting all the victims mm-hmm. so why they did the camera on that you know she goes around the stairs and then next minute she's in the water and then next minute she's on top of a mountain or under a tree it's just like i think that's what he's really renowned for is his um his camera shots his camera angles the way he um puts everything into a scene i just I, I think that's what he does. I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah, the segways transitions that. like I was thinking because the thing I compare us to is heavenly creatures. Yes. The scene in totally. the beach with sandcastle. Yes. Yeah, where through it the goes window. from a sandcastle out shot that actually inside and takes you to the fantasy where and actually remains sand right up to the last minute. Yes. That's what he does brilliantly. And he did it, you know, Lord of the Rings, he even did it meet the feebles he did it as well like going between the different <laughs> things uh, he did it in brain dead going between different scenes although yeah. a lot cheaper and clunkier but still when he went from in the house to the out the you know that absolutely mental scene in the hallway going between different places the focusing on the blender for example then coming back out again Yes. Peter Jackson's head itself being the thing that's sliding around the floor and the, the yes. angle from the chaos to just the head. He, I don't know what that's called. Wide frame to narrow frame and the transitions. Yes. He, he, there's no other director I've seen being able to do that. Nope. So, no, I know they've tried, but they can't do it because he's he's the one. You know, he's the one that, that invented all this stuff. You know the close-up shots mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. He's the one that he's the one that did it. So I mean, really, he's at the top of his game. And this movie, um, it just cements how amazing he is. Really. There's yeah, I want so. to believe. Then hello, Dale as well. Hello, Joss. Harry Mount. Good to see you. The chat's getting busy. <laughs> so I'm trying Yay. not to interrupt you again. <laughs> just, uh, but I don't want the chat thinking I'm ignoring them either. <laughs> No, that's awesome. And good question, Chris. You're so right. Yeah. It's this, it's the transition slash segue slash angle. You know, when he goes from one place to another, and when he goes from one focus to another, he makes it look so seamless. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Just with all, all the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that actually uh, surprised me was the amount, like this was almost 100% CGI. Yeah. That was something I was not expecting. Yeah. I, I think we saw we saw some of that coming about in Frighteners. Um Yeah, but it wasn't thankfully it wasn't Frighteners CGI. Let's let's put it like that. No. 
no no thankfully yeah he worked his shit out now <laughs> compared to that but then he had to do it again you know with the lord of the rings and then he had to do some cgi again obviously with king kong and then i'm thinking well <clears throat> maybe he had to up his game you know to uh produce something different and because i think that i mean paramount dreamworks um steven spielberg they were all involved in this so i think that he had to up his game when it came to technology really i think that um most of this had to be cgi and he couldn't he couldn't use his little his little uh, props and his little miniature um figurines anymore they, they weren't good enough for hollywood which That's is annoying point. because he actually makes better movies than that he does he does and uh, I, I, this i know it's, it seems to be the standard people think good enough for hollywood but hollywood is not the standard no, it's they're not. definitely um they're definitely not the standard anymore they're the no. establishment if that makes sense they're the yeah, fast food chain <laughs> yep they're not i would say to any filmmaker don't think don't be trying to make it to hollywood that's you know that's like training to become a chef and then you're flipping burgers yeah you know why would you Good do that to yourself exactly exactly yeah uh, you know, people do strive for that goal still, but at the end of the day, you know, some people make it and some people don't. Well, now it's got this stage, it's um, nepotism. So Hollywood's just yep. second, third, fourth generation of Hollywood people who are just yep. slotted the positions. You know, I, I don't really have any time. And I have a funny feeling that this is, I think Peter Jackson grew up in this sort of, you know, to make it, you have to go to Hollywood. Yeah. And I have a funny feeling that he might have changed his opinion. Because you can see that, that he was making all these connections and that and building it up. And I think when he got his passion projects like Lord of the Rings and King Kong done, that's all he needed Hollywood for, as in terms of money, you know, yes. backing him money. True. That's so true. Absolutely. But I don't think. I mean, there are some pretty big people involved in this film. Oh, yeah. Well, he's the mm -hmm. connections. He's well respected. Yeah. 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 And but... you could tell, I mean, you could tell, you know, once again, all the actors, <coughs> excuse me, anyway. all the actors um, put 100% into this role. I've seen Mark Wahlberg do other films and he's not really that into it, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I, um, I I really did see that they all played their parts really, really well. Um, and that's something we've noticed with Peter Jackson, Jackson is that he, he makes characters and he actually gets the actors on board. And I have yet to see another director that does that. Because even... Um, the only, the only other director who would hold up the same level as Peter Jackson would be Quentin Tarantino. Yes, yes. To be honest, in terms of creativity. But even that, when he puts Samuel Jackson on, it's Samuel Jackson. Yeah. You know what I mean? When he puts yeah. Uma Thurman, it's Uma Thurman. John you know, he, Yeah, John Travolta's yeah. John Travolta. The, the, he doesn't make immersive characters. No, no. He broke out into Hollywood too, uh, probably a little bit too early, Quentin Tarantino, because he's kind of gone a bit downhill. But um, Well, he's retired? Yeah. Pardon? He retired? I think so. 
I think so. Yeah, he just went, gone. nah, I'm done. You know, yeah. he got to the point where he's like, not having fun, not enjoying this anymore. I don't need to do anything. I'm out. I've got enough money. I can just leave the scene. And I think that's what he did, yeah. And I think that's pretty much what Peter Jackson's done as well. Yeah, yeah. and do you know what? People like that, like that's, that's why they're so... Uh, they're unique individuals, and that's why they're icons because they've got that strength of character that don't need to remain relevant. I'll use the example of Ridley Scott there as a tragedy, yep, of someone trying to stay relevant so much so that he's destroying his own creations that franchise. he was renowned for. Yeah, exactly. and it wasn't his franchise, he bought I think he bought and he got some deal, but he's destroying any goodwill that was given to him, and he had already done that years ago. Uh, we're and the other group will probably get to that movie. We'll probably start with the alien movies, but uh, yeah, nice. <laughs> he's already uh, he's already destroying his own legacy. Uh, who else? James Cameron. James Cameron. There's another one. Can't let it go. Who wants to stay no. relevant? Yep. M. <laughs> Steve and I always talk about M. Night Shiny Bum. You know, he's a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Totally. People like Peter Jackson make movies because they want to and they want to yep. tell a story and them and decide, you know what, nah, I'm not going to compromise yep. myself. They'll just step out. Yep, oh. which he did. And Yeah, I'm going to leave him good, man. Uh, taking along as usual, keeping up the mischief. <laughs> it's all great. Glad to have you on board. <laughs> um. Yeah, yes. With this movie, though, it's still horror, but it's a different flavor. It is. But there's no shock, you know what I mean? There's no shocks, there's no gore, and there's no uh, jump scares. He's gore. It's, it's tamed. The it's not. Scene. The only the bathroom. Yeah, but it's scene, the aftermath. Though. It's the aftermath. Yeah. It's not the actual. It's, the it's it's hinted at. Yep. But there's it's not like there's no decapitations in this. Nope, no, no. The only movie he's done so far without a decapitation. It is the only one. Yep, the only one so far. I, I can't say for The Hobbit because I haven't watched all yeah, of them. There's decap- but, yeah, um, there's decapitations. It's, come on, it's orcs and goblins. There's going to be heads. Yeah, exactly. All there's going to be something. But, <laughs> oh, God, yeah, but seriously, the bathroom scene. Oh, God. I, I just, even watching it yesterday, I mean, I've watched it like three or four times, but yesterday it was still like oh that visceral disgusting horrible feeling you know of knowing what happened to well seeing the aftermath of what happened but even before then um we did get the scene with harvey and susie yeah and we get the lead up and they're still uh even before we see how she got latched on to as a target because she was given the camera for her birthday and just snapping pictures and that whole scene with the roses so we know how she got targeted, and it's one of them. The universe is a horrible place, and if you're in the wrong place, wrong time, come under the wrong gaze, you're done. You know, what I mean, there's nobody's fault. No, in that respect, apart from the perpetrator, of course, the perpetrator. But this idea of you know, oh, I've done this, done that. The universe is really uncaring and unfeeling. If you're the wrong place, wrong time, that's it. You know, and this yep. kind of shows that. Oh, it does. It's a it's a deep level sort of movie, isn't it? Um, and you're right. He doesn't do jump scares. 
I don't think Peter Jackson's renowned for jump scares. I don't think he needs to do the jump scares. Mm-hmm. The, the, you're right, it's horror, um, but it's it's more supernatural, paranormal sort of. Um, so the way they superimpose into each other is really, really well, eh? The, the spiritualism, the... Um, the surrealism, wow, you know, that's really, really, really strong. Um, I think this is more a, a spiritual journey sort of movie, obviously, mm-hmm. because of what happens and all that sort of stuff. So um, it's it, he did he did do some, like, the horror scene, well, this, sorry, the scene in the, um, the scene in the hut was really yeah, intense. That was, uh, that was that super was, intense. I, it is a, and every time I watch it, I want a different outcome, but I'm not going to get a different outcome. You know, you know, I start choking up in that scene because I know what's going to happen. You know, you just see her face drop when she realizes what's happened. And it's that, just like, oh, I'm in danger. You know, I'm in proper yeah, trouble here. Fucked. Yeah. And she's literally going, you know, oh, God, it's just, there's so many. Uh, so, as we know, horrors on a spectrum so this isn't a hack and slash guys it's not a it's a supernatural ghosty and for once we have an intelligent ghost for you colin yeah that, that <laughs> does make a hell of a difference it does doesn't it because that's i think that's why i enjoy it if this had been ooga booga woogie woo type i'd have been nah mate i'm already doing um making a movie i guess but no this did it absolutely brilliantly and the sense, first of all, the fear. We see the fear and the 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 terror that Susie's going through, mm-hmm. and the not quite accepting what's happened to her, especially when Jack, at the same same time, is running through the streets, you know the oh. main town. Um, in desperate, you mean because it's got that. It's not even oh the back. It's like right, she is like two hours late. It's dark. What the, you know? What the hell? Freaking yep. out because this doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Once again, I think that's why I said at the beginning that premise of the this time setting and the period is important because it's so easy to look at this through twenty twenty four eyes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you have to remember and back to a more innocent time. It is. It was an innocent time. It really was, wasn't it? And um, to see it, oh, just taken away just like that, you know, and I think it just reiterates, you know, how we've been talking about warnings and mm. movies and, you know, this this is a don't go into the woods by yourself warning. This is yeah. a, you know, don't stray off the path warning. Um, don't be complacent. You know, those are the warnings. You know, the warning isn't that she shouldn't have been walking around blah 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 because um we're we're talking about a predator he would have got her no matter what you know if she wasn't in the cornfield that day he would have got her another day mm-hmm. he was a predator and we see that later on in the film as oh well. yeah, yeah it's, it's oh god mm. no and that's uh that's a good thing you know the good thing about horror is i can explore this where other genres share away yeah, that's why this topic can't be explored any other way apart from horror because no. horror is not afraid to do it. Yeah, but you get yeah. that sense um, of fear and then anger at the unfairness of it all. God, yeah, 
and you feel those emotions too while you're watching it absolutely you know yeah you want you want him to you know when jack's got the baseball bat you want to see his bloody head caved in you know sorry youtube but that's what you want you know you want to see him suffer but uh, he gets outmaneuvered but that's like, oh. once again like you said this is the predator and you gotta yes. you gotta take it from that context angle yes you do yeah uh he's yeah Ugh. But, but do you get it? It does dial it back because there's a chance for this to be really depressing and dark and horrible yeah. and just a miserable experience to go through. But when Susie meets Holly, yeah, I don't know the context. Well, if you've not read, like, if you hadn't read the book beforehand and you don't know the context of uh, why they've met, then you sort of go, Oh, a friend, and then they actually take a moment. And enjoy the position they're in. Yeah. Which is another message of always make the best of where you are. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, I there were light moments with those two, which was really cool. I think it added, even though it was really tinged in heavy sadness. Um, those light moments where they're running around and they're all dressed up and they're just mm -hmm. playing and yeah, oh, they were really great. They were really awesome, but they were also really tinged with that sadness because she should be with her mum and dad. She mm -hmm. should be at home safe and sound, not running around heaven or the in-between. She should be at home, you know, and it's just really sad. Um, for me as a mother, that was a really sad realisation Yep. That you know, it's that could happen any time to any child, you know, and yeah, it's just um really, really sad. But, but we see resilience. So, you know, we do, don't we? Um, she she comes to some sort of peace, I think, when she realizes that she's not coming back. She's not going. She's not going back to her parents. You mm -hmm. know, it's yeah, terrible. And but then you're that's right. The it could have been. Yeah, that right. That's right, and that could have been just a dark, horrible, miserable movie. But those little, even though they were really quirky, you know, with the big um, bouncy ball sitting on the beach, and it's giant, it's a giant. But those are obviously so like significant objects that come in later um, that we see the beach ball and mm -hmm. that sort of thing, um, the recorder and all that sort of thing. But they were really, really weird, like. Um, them running around on the on the green planet, and um, those are really out of it scenes. They were not what I expected from Peter Jackson. I didn't, yeah. So although they were light, it was kind mm -hmm. of like those sorts of the scenes were a bit weird for me. But we've seen <laughs> that before. That's that's why I keep referring to heavenly creatures. Yes, because we've yes. seen this before. The fantasy yeah. world, you know childish imagination run rampant is capable of anything and yes it's going to be weird and quirky and what but it doesn't matter because it's well it all had a purpose at the mm -hmm. end of the day which is another Processing. thing we see how, how do you process right. something you use your imagination and in fact the author of the book this is a processing you know yes mechanism yes. for what happened to her i don't want to go into it yep. obviously you know it's not nice but 
the fact that resilience is shown in this that you can take something horrible and turn it into a positive and not be a victim you choose to be a victim yeah you choose to be beaten down by the world the world yeah the world's shit and horrible but there's still positive aspect and it's up to you to find that there is us doing yep, this right. for example the, all the folks that come on board and join in the chat you know it makes this thing we'll, we'll carve out our own little bit we just enjoy movies or if we don't enjoy movies we'll discuss why it's not a antagonistic thing you know i mean no. it's easy to carve out a little bit of positivity in the world yes but yes. you gotta decide yes. to do it you gotta decide yes. that you're not going to be beaten Absolutely. And she made that choice too. She made that choice that she she was just going to, you know, um, accept where she was and what she was going through. And that was her, that was her journey. And I think that was really sad as well. But, you know, that was her, that was her journey. So, yeah, sad. We were getting, uh, we're getting scenes of this could go one way because obviously she was, in one hand, her family could still feel her, especially her dad. Yeah. Could still feel her presence. Um, by that they weren't getting closure. So her effectively trying to reach out was causing distress, and it took yeah. her a while to realize that. But also her need for revenge, yeah, because of the injustice done upon her, was also, and she was having to reconcile that. Yes, and how do you reconcile that? You know, um. You know, until she saw Jack, you know, running through the cornfield with a baseball bat and then she realised, you know, she's actually having a huge impact on her family by sticking around because she wasn't going to go into the light. You know, mm. Holly tried to take her into the light, but she didn't want to go into the light yet because she had unfinished business. So it's really extraordinary the way um, Alice Seabold brought that out in the book um but then peter jackson brought it out in the movie you know that that um that that's you know and and it was explained as in the uh in between world mm -hmm. um you know limbo i guess it is when you're just you saw her like we didn't get to see her passing thank freaking goodness but what we did see was her running away and she she kept running and she kept running until she was in the afterlife. And um, that was a poignant scene in itself, you know, when her and Ruth accidentally touch hands when she's running past. I mean, that's just the way this whole thing was put together was just brilliant <laughs> for mm -hmm. a supernatural film. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very well done. These um, supernatural films, as you know, sort of paranormal films I have a problem with because they're usually not handled right because they treat yeah. the entities like morons and I hate yeah. that. I yeah. hate the goo-woo ghost. You know, it just annoys me because it's like, yeah. what is the point? No, I know. It's, it does an injustice to the spiritual realm, doesn't it? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, at least this, you can see that they're not, uh, she's, she can't because the barriers are, she can't, physically reach out and she's not going it's not like ghost with Patrick's Rose really pushing stuff over because that that's the silliness of it. Yes. But the true. idea of the feeling, you know, that's that's about as much as she'll ever and that the amount of effort it takes just to get that feeling across because of intense emotion. 
is that that was so well told and actually you could believe that if that makes sense yes you can believe if somebody doesn't feel like they have to go because they've got that strong emotion about it that the it can affect the the physical realm the real world if that makes sense yes yes but then as emotions change or energy only lasts so long you know it's not a permanent thing that's why i'm not a fan of the grudge movies because the the premise of it is just silly yeah, it is. Although it's a fun, you know, I, I say them as a monster movie more than a supernatural one. Yeah. But yeah. as once again, is that idea of emotion being so strong that it's permanent, but it's not. Nothing's permanent. You can't hold on to hatred, for example, for so long because it'll burn you out. And then you go, yeah. you can't hold on to love for so long because even then it burns out. You know, nothing. Well, you, you see it in the movie. You mm-hmm. see the, the, um, the 100% hate. From Jack, hundred percent hate. Then it's flipped really quickly to a hundred percent love, you know, for his daughter. So there was that, you know, him, him, so angry. But then he clicks, you know, that she's still there, and then it switches to a hundred percent love, love, hate. They have exactly yeah, the same value. Anger, you know, like the yeah. same with the the ships, the ships and the bottles. Oh God, that was terror. But that was their hobby. That's what, you know, she was the only one of the kids that was interested. So that was, you know, father and daughter sharing yeah. moments, sharing a hobby. And he's like, well, all these are for you afterwards. You know, that was his legacy. In a sense, you know, passing on a passion to someone. Um, yep. What parent doesn't want to do that? Yeah, exactly. You know, pass then, on. How could you look at those anymore? You know, without thinking of her, that's why he smashed them. Yeah, you know, that was it. That was it. He he was gone at that point. You know, but then he brought it back, right? Because he sees her in the window. Well, he thinks he's well. You know, we see the candle flickering and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing, and he realizes, how she's still here. You know, and then Buckley runs and going, oh, I just saw her. She came into the bedroom, and it's just like, okay, yeah. everyone's seen them except for Mum. But what we see, that's the thing as well, because we see a whole degenerate, we see the happy family. Yeah. And this is the and this is why I like Poltergeist, the original one as a movie, because that's the same thing. We see the happy family dynamic and then that dynamic being tested. Oh yeah. Yep. And this is another right. one. This is the ultimate test, you know what I mean? Losing a family member. And that's what that impact is. And we see how everyone copes um lindsay no not lindsay uh, lindsay's the older sister she's the same she's inspired by her father but different ways yeah different yeah yep so she feeds into his obsession he decides to channel through obsession of well the police don't care i'm gonna do something about this and that becomes his like waking you know he becomes a shell of the person he once was because he just the same anger that susie feels he also feels it because it the unfairness. Yeah. Yeah. And the connection's so strong that you know she's able to affect him in the spiritual mm-hmm. in the from the spiritual realm into the physical realm. So you know, uh, that was part of the plot. So that was really done Abigail, well. the mother, um yeah. She just decided that she wanted to bury her head in the sand and carry on and like almost forget. So I was seen as a betrayal and she actually sees 
the rest of the family are of the same mindset, except her, and then she effectively sees her family, although not physically, because we didn't see it. We saw a couple of bits, but we saw the family turn against her. Yep. Yep. Because she wants something else. Yeah, she did. She just didn't want to accept. I mean, she didn't go into the room. You know, she didn't, she hasn't even changed the bloody sheets since her daughter died. You know, that's, that's, I mean, I, I guess that that's what happens is some people turn their, Oh, I don't know, their beloved's bedroom into a tomb in the middle of the house, you know, mm. it's sort of, um, and I think she just, she just lost it. She couldn't handle it. Um, and she had to leave. She had to run away, you know, fl- flight, fight, response, fl- freeze. Mm. She didn't do it. She, she ran. And, you know, I, I was actually, you know, when you think about why she left her children, I think it's because she didn't want to feel that pain again of losing her another child or losing her husband. She had she had to leave, and I think that making a decision like that was not taken lightly. You know, you don't just leave your children behind. But she couldn't handle it. She couldn't handle the pain, and you can see that she was in denial, total denial. Mm-hmm. Mm. That would be allowed to be shown today. What? A, a woman uh, showing weakness or, you know, failing to show the character. That's yes. all right today. No, because uh, it wouldn't make a big budget movie, would it? Because people will be up in arms about it. Yeah, and it's like, but it'll be like, why aren't you allowed to be vulnerable? You know, yeah, showing different mechanisms, but that's that would be seen today as hating women and blah, blah, blah. And you'd be like, what? That's a yeah. character. You know, and that's that's why I'm saying this is a well a movie of its time, not just the setting in the seventies, but the fact that two thousand nine was the last of actual storytelling because now it's yeah corporate sludge. This is the dynamic that must be in place. No like it would just be if it was made today, it would be empty. There'd be nothing because of all these it wouldn't be, yep. so called no. rules that are in place. No, Abigail wouldn't be, be allowed to be weak or hurt. She'd have the girl boss her way through it. No, they'd have to change the whole entire book, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they'd have to completely make it completely different than what the book actually is. Uh, I don't know how they'd even do it. I mean, I just well, I hope it don't. Be... You know, and it's been done now, and thankfully, it's I think it's one of them stories that'll be left alone. I it better be, yeah, <laughs> because it's, because yeah, I don't no think that's else... I think that's disingenuous towards people. You know, what I mean, I I don't see. Maybe it's just me age what, but I don't see women characters, men characters. I see characters, I see people. Yeah. And I like to see the exploration of actual how does something that got affect them. And the fact that we're seeing a different dynamic and we're seeing people getting affected in the other ways. Yes. And we see Jack's character channels his grief through obsession. And then the kids looking for strength as they're feeling lost, channel in. To to that, that and gain strength from it. No, I'm saying it's right or wrong or healthy. No, because this is not a healthy situation. No, <laughs> having no. having uh, a child taken by a predator and dispatched and just like that in a time where these things weren't commonplace that wasn't in the forefront no. of people's minds. This is not a good situation. So once again, only a horror movie can do it because yeah, it would all this would all be glossed over and sanitized and if it was a thriller or a drama yeah, yeah absolutely wouldn't it? it wouldn't have worked because there's too many 
supernatural elements in there. It just wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. So, and that they would have done an injustice to it totally. Yeah. If it wasn't given to Sir Peter Jackson. Yeah, and that's it. And also, yeah. you have the explore Abigail's feelings, so that's not taken away from her as a character. This is her process. Yeah. And then I mean, she had to days... solve it in her own way. Yeah. By having that complete shutdown to then come yeah. back. Because then what we saw then is she couldn't get through to Jack. And Jack had to go and fall to get to that point of no return. Yes. Where he oh. realizes he's went too far. Yeah. For bloody hell. Come back again as a family because they need to accept their new reality. And we'll see that journey take place. And yeah, yes, it's emotional. It is. And what we usually see in movies nowadays is the man doing the runner and the the, the mum left to deal with all the chaos and the aftermath. So this was a completely sw- different switch around than what mm-hmm. we're used to seeing nowadays is that we get to see the mum run away. But it's boring now. Now it's, you know, it's paint by numbers. Yeah. And there's no exploration. Yeah. And plus, if uh, the book was able to be written like that, and be true, why not? You know what I mean? That's legit. Yeah. There's nobody being stamped on here. This is dealing with grief and loss and humanization and different uh how people deal with it. And then yeah. also we're dealing with absolute pure evil. Yeah. Because uh a serial killer. Walter. Yeah. And that actor has done loads of different types of roles. He has, hasn't he? So he's not oh, a typecast or he's you know what I mean. No. But once again, this is Peter Jackson getting the best out of, right, you need to be a diabolical, like, disgusting person that's broken and never going to stop or be satisfied. You need to be a relenting force. Yeah. That even Susie from the afterlife is still terrified of. You know, you have to have that thing about it. And I I think, uh, like, Walterness is completely he is a force of nature he's a you know a pure predator yeah very demonic sort of character isn't he Mm -hmm. he's just george george harvey yeah he's just nasty yeah they did they did him really well considering his the other roles he plays nothing like he's in the kingsman you know what i mean he's playing a complete you know english gent camp uh he's done comedy roles he's done Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's all sorts of things, and this—they even gave him contact lenses, you know, to change his eye colours to make it look. Oh, he was just nasty. It was, um, but we had to have that. Eh? He had to be because he was a serial killer. So we, you know, not that we found, we didn't find that out till a bit later in the movie. But um, yeah, nasty character, mm-hmm. um, especially when he was in the hut with Susie. Oh, that really, really made you. Squirm. That could not like, have been a good scene to film. To film, right. And even that bit where he pulls her from the... You know, I mean, it was cut, and it was cut so brilliantly. Oh, I know. But he grabbed her and threw her... You know, I mean, it would have been on the matter or something, but still, just that intensity of it. You know that's been done by 20 times to get it right. You know what Peter Jackson's like? That, that, that scene's yep. been filmed. And I didn't look at any... Um, there was no special features on the DVD, unfortunately. Oh, bugger. Which is, ah, oh, like, Damn. bring back special features when this is what uh, we're missing. Yeah. Because social media doesn't really publish them. 
It's hard to, no. you know, when you get wee clips and snippets, but you need uh, you need the mindset in the making of these movies because it'd be interesting to see how the actors all dealt with us. Yes. But that yeah, scene yeah. in the hut was like you felt the claustrophobia. Yeah, oh god, yeah. It was nasty place, mm-hmm. a nasty place. And then to see it caved in later on, how easy was that to cave that in, you know? But he like, planned oh, it, he'd, he'd actually planned it. And then we find yes. out his book is actually every time it's something, you know, he's a different idea, just to to do his deed. Nasty. Yeah. I wonder how many um, serial killers sort of documentaries that um, Peter Jackson had to watch in order to get that right. You know, I mean, Ted Bundy, these bloody, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer at those times, I guess he's yank because he got it really bang on with the bottle glasses and the the parted hair and the Jeffrey Dahmer look. <laughs> yeah, but that's what they do. That's the it's a yes. thing. It's a camouflage. They're yep. they're masquerading Absolutely. as the most unassuming, innocent uh, character. You know, character. You know, non-threatening. Yep. And that's where Jack makes his mistake. Yes. Because he thinks because he targets children, well, you know, when we're getting, you know, we yep. find out that he targets children, but you think that they're not capable of dealing with an adult. Yes. And that's the mistake of dealing with these type of people. And that's why you're always told, don't, you know, I mean, when one of them breaks out of jail, or not that it happens that often, but you know, I mean, do not approach, do not engage. Yeah. Don't think that you're, these people are obsessed with this. You're You're going to come a proper. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And then you see him getting his obsession with Lindsay. Yeah. I mean, he's already found a target again, you know, and and to target the sister of a victim. Oh my God. What are you crazy? He must be crazy. Well, well, yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of the definition of being a serial killer. You're, you're psychotic. Yeah, totally. Right. He's he's yeah, he's um he's very clever. He's very clever. But then he's also very stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um for for um shitting in your own backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People don't usually do that and No, he and he's got a proven as we found out, he's got a proven history of not doing that. Yeah. Exactly. But do you think as a story plays out, it's Susie, not ever like uh, old premise is here, killer, and actually Holly's one of his victims, and then a mate that the other victims are you know, we're waiting for someone, I think, to turn so up, yeah, turn up. I mean, they're almost waiting for her or for the cycle that could move on until he moved on. I don't know, there's something there, then it wasn't quite explained, and I can't remember, like I said, it's been so many so long since I read the book, but. Yeah, they're all almost trapped by the act themselves. Yeah, but it's only Holly reveals herself to Susie. The fact that they can share this universe, everyone else is off in their private place. Yeah, but it's Susie brings a different energy. Yes, and it's her energy, you know, because you see it in life. She lusted for life. Yes, she embraced life and she had everything to live for. So I think that's what gave her that different energy when she passed that she was not ready to go. She wanted to see us played out. But do you think that energy affected him? Because once she started pushing, 
and the fact that her presence was being felt, he's bound to have felt it too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you're right. I think because she had such a lust for life, she even had love, you know, just about on the horizon with Ray, you know, and that's, I mean, she's 14. That's a turning point, you know, you're going through puberty and all that. And I think because she was the last victim, she, and because you've got to remember the other victims were back in the 60s. So there was a, actually quite a big time frame between the last kill and then Susie being killed. Mm-hmm. I think there was like five years difference or something like that. So I think the other girls, the other victims uh, had already gone through their journey. So she was alive, but dead, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So her energy was still there and it was still alive. And I, I think what happened was, I think her father, her brother and her sister I think they were keeping her alive if you know what I mean because they were still seeing her they were um Jack got obsessed with trying to um come to the bottom of what happened to his girl he was finding all these different suspects suspects Mm. you know um uh, who, who it could possibly be you know he's going to the police station going check out Mark Robinson and check out blah 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 and and the whole time he had the wrong person um you could see that when he finally clicked with the rose you know mm-hmm. in the backyard I think that was a really poignant you know because like um Harvey didn't see the rose turn red but Jack did mm-hmm. so that was that was a it's all her energies were changing his physical world. It was just done so well and messed up, you know. It's sort of really sad. Um, yeah, but it's but not it's, meant to be a happy tale. You know, that's the whole point of it. It's meant to be a tragedy. Yeah, no, but you're not supposed to cry the whole way through the bloody film. <laughs> God, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought... When they, uh, they sort of introduced Ruth's character, she was a bit of a red herring in this. Totally. I actually thought she was going to be the one to solve the mystery and be that, but she was kind of there just to show Susie, I think, that she could reach through to the other side for those that are receptive and yeah. at least establish a basic, you know, not words or anything, but at least a basic communication and a, mm. a gentle sort of brush and effect. Um, but I thought her character had more to play than what she did, but it was a real red herring. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It, it really, uh, there were a lot of unexpected things going on in this movie that um, really made you think, wow, that was unexpected sort of thing. Like, um, why was she... Why was she so important in this in the film? Um, but then again, it's it's like well, we see that when um, Susie crosses over into the spiritual realm, she actually accidentally brushes um, Abigail's hand, so they accidentally touched. So that, in essence, meant that she was going to be tied to Ruth forever. Mm-hmm. That was the premise behind it, but. I think what happened because there was that that moment where Ray and um, Ruth met mm-hmm. about the poem, and then you see 
you see Susie getting a bit jealous, you know, about those two talking and that sort of thing. Um, I think the pivotal, the, the reason why Ruth was there was, okay, because one of, one of the things that was the unfinished business, of course, was the kiss. Mm-hmm. She wanted her first kiss. And the only way she was going to get that was with Ray. But now she's gone. I think she clicked that she could go into Ruth. And I. so when, when she gets her kiss finally from going into Ruth's body, did you notice that <coughs> um, she had a choice? Susie had a choice. She had a choice to get that first kiss. Or to have Abigail, uh, not Abigail, Ruth. have Ruth find her in the safe. That was a that was a fork mm-hmm. in the road. That was a crossroad. Was do I get that final kiss? Do I get that kiss that I'm not going to heaven for because I want that kiss? Or do I let Ruth find my body in the safe? Because that was right then at that yep. a, a moment when she yelled out to Ray that she passed out and she ended up being well. Susie decided, nah, stuff that. I don't I don't care about my, my body being saved. I want my last kiss. I want my first and my last kiss, you know. And that was that acceptance, Ooh. wasn't it? That was that whole of what is actually important to me. Yeah. And your own everyone has their own thing. And yep. I, I was annoyed because if this was a by the numbers supernatural tale. Ruth would have been the investigator. Ruth would have approached the family. Ruth would have interpreted for Susie. Ruth would have found the yep. body. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. Do you know yep. what I mean? That's the way it yep. would have been. That was a nice little bow. Yep. If this had been written today, that's what it would have been. Yep. 100%. And God, it would be. In fact, no. <laughs> Susie wouldn't have wanted to kiss. Uh, Susie would have wanted to kiss with Ruth. And uh, what's his face would have been the one that was sensitive. <laughs> Come on, it, it, if it had been written today, all that would have been changed. Somebody would have been race swapped as well, just for shits and giggles. But it wouldn't have been Harvey, yep. of course. Harvey would still be that. You know, that's the fucking paint by numbers yep. crap. Yeah, that we have the today. Characters, the yep, absolutely. And if you had said anything about it, you'd be a horrible bigot. Not the fact that it would yep. have been written by the book. You know. Yep. Or a truthful telling the story. That's that's what it'd be today. And I've been done terribly and boring and yeah, nonetheless, no emotion. You'd have no you'd just feel empty watching it, you know, because that's yeah what would happen. But you're on an emotional roller coaster here and you can't figure anything out because the characters are figuring it out as they go along. That's the whole point of this. I know, How right? Do you deal with this on both sides? Realistically, yeah, well, absolutely. The only constant in this, the only um, equilibrial force is Harvey. Yes. Because he hasn't changed. He's still the predator. He's yep. still got his needs and only sates him for so long. Yep. Yes. We see that. We see him wavering. You know, he's he's getting itchy feet. You know, he, he, needs, his, he needs to kill again. Mm-hmm. And you see him stalking. Lindsay and you know that does add a huge element of tension to it it's just like oh my god you're kidding I'm not going to have to watch another murder you know so yeah and you would have thought once again that Susie's purpose would have been to save her sister 
or yeah. to use Ruth, but it's not that at all. Uh, no, no. Because guess what? Lindsay is a strong character. Yeah. And Lindsay exactly. is capable. Yeah, she is, absolutely. And Lindsay has been brought up by a loving family and feels just yep. as in angry, and her feelings are just as legitimate as her parents' feelings. Oh, Same as absolutely. their young brother, so... <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's... But if you uh, try to do this today, you'd be a mystophobe, you know, you'd be a misogynist, nah. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, we're the same yeah. very capable, strong characters here of everybody. And oh, yeah. you're seeing how they're dealing with this. And the fact that she's prepared, once the sort of twigs on what's happening, it's like, well, I'm going to do something. Yeah. And she's yeah. the one that actually reveals Harvey and she manages to get his, you know, his trophies, because that's, you know, that's the whole thing of serial killers, trophies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At the same time that Susie discovers the whole history of what he's, because she wouldn't go in the house because that's where her body was. Yeah. And then that whole reveal, and that's actually the darkest part of this, her taking that journey. That's, it's savage, eh? It is. It's a really horrible, horrible. Um, but it was done so brilliantly. They were the art, artfully delivered that it doesn't. It, it draws you into it, but it doesn't take you down a horrible, deep, nasty hole. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's done so well that the art is way more important than the actual. The, 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 it showed the it didn't effect. tell you know it's that uh, things yeah. tell now they don't show but this showed it shows and her discovering you know each of the locations and just even uh finish up a holly just popping up out of the water just uh i know savage uh but you know we don't get to see what happened which is really good i don't think uh, you needed to no, no, that's what I mean. Okay, a horror genre, a horror movie nowadays would probably show you exactly explicitly what's happened to all of them, who they were, background story, blah, 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 and it would have just taken away from everything. Mm-hmm. It's The mystery was another element that kept you going as well, the mystery of who are, who is Holly, who are these people, what, what happened to them, you know, and we get to see just a little bit of of a backstory um well we get to see sadly we get to see them deceased but at least we didn't get to see what happened to them you know uh, because it would have changed the tone and the mood of this whole film i would have dragged it out because this was all about you know this was tight that's a tight movie it was again another example of peter jackson containing himself to a really good degree i think so Mm. yeah and then uh Obviously, the icicle is important. I think it was good as well. Like, like I said, because um, I'd said it'd be nice. It would be nice if she'd found her body or her body got found and there was this closure. But at the same time, like you put perfectly there, she discovered what was important to her before she went. Yeah. And yeah. she also didn't need to see Harvey's demise because she'd already seen that he's running, that the game's up now because he's been identified. Game's up. Yep. So he's not yep. slinking away quietly. Nope, he's so doing a runner. She doesn't need to see anything else. So she's using her time to do what was important to her to be able to move on. Yes. And then the fact that she's triggered all this means that the rest of them can move on too because that's what's holding them. It's just a sense of injustice, but they're dealing with different ways than her. 
Yes. Brilliant. Yes. You know what I mean? There's so much here that's tied together. It's, and... it's, it's deep, hey? It's mm-hmm. deep. Yeah, it's a deep one, definitely. Um, um, Ghost was actually quite deep too, but, you not know. Not this level. Not, not, there's nothing, I, there's nothing to this level, I don't think. I really don't think so, because there's just so much to unpack in this one. It's such a great movie. There's just so many wonderful elements, and I wasn't bored at all watching it again. No, no, it was no. Oh, cried a blubbered most of the way through it because it's just one of those that you know um i won't probably read the book i probably won't watch the film again for another five years or something but it's one you don't need to in a way it's not uh it's not one you need to stick in but it's one that stays with you it does it does and it hasn't dated which is really amazing with him he just peter jackson just you know his his movies don't date i mean okay bad taste you know and brain dead obviously were a bit but you can still watch them and still have that fabulous experience. Oh, yes. Yeah. It is yeah. what it is. It's, uh, you know, it's that sort of, you know, off the cuff on a shoestring budget filmmaking that. Uh, yeah. That he's known done. for. Wow. And he could have done, because um, I know he got a bit of funding from, like, the government, but he could have went, like, Canada has. You know, in Canada, get the government funded movies that just make absolute trite. Right. And they just stick the money in their pocket and then the yep. just make us absolutely but he didn't. He seriously wanted to make movies and tell stories. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And we embraced them. New Zealand embraced that. I don't know why. Sometimes yeah, I don't know. New Zealand's just weird. We do some things that are like we're guinea pigs basically over here sometimes with certain technologies and things like that. They use us. Um and you know, we embrace him. We just absolutely love Peter Jackson over here. And this movie just confirmed again just how brilliant he is, you know, mm-hmm. taking a book and once again turning it into a movie. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the icicle scene at the end. Um, yeah, you're right. She didn't need to see that, but. No, I mean, oh, Susie didn't. It was good that we saw it, but no. Susie didn't need to see it. She. Kind of went, okay, it's done. The wheels are in motion. I don't need to obsess over this. I can go on now. Yeah. It's been triggered. Yeah, you, you see her going on and it's just like, oh, God. But, um, yeah, no, when he took that tumble off the cliff, oh, brilliant. It reminded me of brain dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But that was the thing. There was no shootout. There was no chase. There was no, no. like, grand finale. He actually went in the most stupid way possible if you think of in terms of universe yes and he had enough yes. time to like lie there for a second to go ah you know the pointlessness yeah. of it all yeah yeah absolutely karmic justice definitely at the end of the day it's not what we wanted we wanted to see him caught and we wanted to see him put in jail or firing squad mm-hmm. but um it didn't happen like that, and I think there's only a handful of movies that I know of that have done the unexpected at the ending, you know, and not capered to the viewer because we want to see him caught and put in prison and go through jail and getting um, getting a knife put through his neck in jail or mm-hmm. something, you know, or, but no, it didn't happen like that. He just, it was just a blank. He's gone. Yeah. Damn it. But then it's just like, well, at the end of the day, 
it didn't really matter because they all knew who he who the murderer was by that stage, yeah. you know. Yeah, so I think you you got to look at it in a different sort of lens. It's it's I th- like I don't know if you watch My Sister's Keeper or um don't remember that one. No, um, so the ending's completely off the cuff, and the same thing with the shack. Have you watched the shack? I think so. Um, yeah, I remember that one, but well, I don't, it's been a while. Unexpected endings. Mm-hmm. It's not what you want. It's not what you expect. And nowadays, if that was done now, they would actually complain. They would make Peter Jackson change the ending, like they did with tried to do with Game of Thrones. Um, they would just say, no, the ending's not good enough. Just like they did with My Sister's Keeper. You have to change the ending. You can't have the ending like that. That's the problem. It's um, Movie studios go, and it's not even the people. It's a loud, noisy group that stay on one social media platform, and that's all they live their lives doing. Yep. Yep. And because they do it, lots of news, uh, sock puppet accounts, and do it over and over again, the studios think that's actually an bald opinion instead of just making the art let the legacy of the movie tell its own story exactly the fact that we're still talking about this uh 15 years later more or less yeah kind of says it all it does it does doesn't it and there hasn't been a movie like this made since you know it's got no no there hasn't no this is the end of an era that's what i'm saying it's uh we're actually going through a bit of history here like 2010 where it's all started to change like we've seen this, I've seen movies from the end of the 80s to the beginning of the 2000s and the tonal shift I'm aware of the longer I'm doing this. But 2010s where it really falls off a cliff. Damn. And we just start to see the degradation of movies, you know, just no interest in making good film anymore. We're seeing a bit of pushback now, but it's sparsical, you know, it's independent filmmakers. It's, you know, outside of Hollywood sort of filmmakers yep. are doing it. Yeah, trying to do it. Yeah, um, the yeah. more people realise that that institution is the fast food chain. Hollywood's the yeah. fast food chain. The sooner people realise that and understand that you can have a more fulfilling career to have because you have more chance now to have direct interaction with your fans, the people support you. Mm, so you absolutely. can actually, rather than uh, going for the glitz and glamour, and I think Peter Jackson went there and he's come back. Yep. And I think the next three movies we do are really going to show that that's that was the turning point where he had to have a long think. Yes. Um. But yeah, you can have a more rewarding career that you just you have a loyal fan base, people that support your work, you have interaction with those people. You don't yep. make mo- you don't make stuff for your peers. You make stuff for your fans. Yeah, you make stuff for your yeah. supporter. I don't even like the word fans. You know, it's like people worship it. I'm not comfortable with that idea. I like the idea of friends, supporters. You know, folks that get it. Yep. Like me sitting on here, I would hate to have yep. fans. I would hate to be somebody out there going, "Oh, cons on." I wouldn't know what to do with that in a million years. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, absolutely. It's just ridiculous. It's it's an icky feeling, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like a uh, no, yeah. no, no, no. Just I'm just me, you know. If you happen to be on board, and if I get a chance, I'm going to try and speak to you at some point, you know, because that's just who I am. Unfortunately, yeah. as I'm starting to starting to grow in subscribers, that's not entirely possible. <laughs> but I do what I can, if that makes sense. Yeah, 
but I think filmmakers it, or creators in general need to embrace that that you can you don't need the glitz and glamour you don't need, need to be a superstar you can actually have a rewarding creative career and get yeah. more out of it by just finding the right people that get you and yep. making the it art that's true to yourself and that's more yep. than possible you just need to realize that hollywood isn't it and don't chase that or yeah. being an influencer you know being like the top tier influencers or just oh. put out right you know I mean, it's across the board same as authors you don't you know if your book ends up in a supermarket or an airport bookshop you're making bland trite you know what i mean you're not making anything impactful no and if no. that's what you're aiming for then um <laughs> think, no but that's, am i wrong no not at all you're right you did right yeah absolutely uh i think you just gotta you gotta have a passion for what you do whether it's writing whether it's filmmaking and that will show you know um and like we've seen with peter jackson uh, the actors and the actresses i think they just admire him so much that they put a hundred percent into their acting and once again we see them coming all the way over to little old new zealand mm -hmm. these big huge names coming over here to film um, because most of it was filmed in New Zealand a little bit. I think the school was filmed in Pennsylvania or something, mm. but the rest of it was all filmed over here. And to have that level of commitment to go, okay, I'm going to New Zealand for four months with Peter Jackson, that must be just a whole journey all in itself sort of thing, you know. And and um, you wouldn't do that unless you were committed to the filmmaker, right? Oh, no. And has he ever got a bad performance out of somebody? No, <laughs> not as far as I'm saying. We're, we're going to see a really, uh, in fact, we're going to next. Maybe we're going to see an actor I actively dislike. All right. And I, uh, just his face, his mannerisms, and his, you know, that he uses for every bloody movie. I don't oh, I like know him. Exactly who you're talking yeah. about. And I'm like, I'm not looking forward to it, if I'm honest, but we've got to, we've got to push through and do these. <laughs> Yes, we've got to yes, suffer yes. for our art. We've we've committed to this, so we've got to see it to the end. Um, yep, hundred percent. Yep, but still, yep. he gets the best out of them. So, yes, yes, yeah. But yeah, Mark Wahlberg's a perfect example because there's a completely different character played in this than anything he's done before. Oh, absolutely. But we did King Kong, Jack Black of all people, oh. who give you know one dimensional performances, bloody fantastic. So. Exactly. If you if you were wanting to be a better actor, you would definitely jump at the chance to go and work for Peter Jackson. Oh yeah, God yeah. I bet I bet a lot of them are hope wishing he'd come back, but oh, yeah. um, no, I think he's done his task. He who shall not be named. Who's the actor you don't like? Well, you'll have to wait for the next stream because I'm not going to spoil it. Tune in and <laughs> and find out, and then I'll absolutely I will unload. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, you have brilliant. to tune in for that one. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's going to be interesting. So, obviously, next time we'll be doing The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. And I think it's going to be a different conversation. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we'll, we'll take what we can out, but still, this is an example of Hollywood you know, interference. Yeah. To me, that's the equivalent of the Frighteners. 
No. Maybe on a maybe maybe on a revisit, I might change my mind, but I I don't think so. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. Um, I'll know better when I've watched the game. Like I said, not watching all three together, but individually yep. with this mindset, I'll be interested in what the review is going to be like. And I'll be interested in your thoughts too, you know, uh, what your initial thoughts were when the movies come out and what do you think now and all that kind of stuff, because this was a tonal change. Yeah. And I've only watched it once. I've only watched the first and the second one once. That's, so does that not say, be... that says everything, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's that's all I need to say. But um, Dale, as always, this is an absolute blast. Um, this is a great one awesome. to talk about, and always enjoy hanging out and talking. Yeah, me too. Thank you. <laughs> and of course, everyone in chat. Um, always are. I know I didn't pull up all the comments, but I wanted to keep the conversation going. Um, badges are talking amongst each other as well, because that's that's what we want here as well. It's not just focusing on us, but you know. There's a bit of a community growing in the chat as well, uh, throwing ideas between each other, and it's great to see. Uh, thanks right. to everyone that's tuned in as always. And uh, just needs me to say, uh, keep up the, the channel, do the typey clicky things. I'll do next time, keep it creepy, keep it horrific. <laughs>